Welcome to the LDS Military Members Podcast. This podcast was created for military members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, their families, and those who support them. We welcome all who want to drop in for a listen, and we hope you enjoy the stories, advice, helps, and tips that this community offers. Okay, well, this one's going to be short today, guys. Um, I just have a few minutes. I want to jump in here and do something for the long weekend coming up. A very important day this weekend celebrates, and that is Memorial Day. So I just want to take about 10 minutes. It'll be a real fast, and then you can get back on with your weekend. But I wanted to stop by because this day for this group should have a little bit more meaning, uh, a little bit more significance other than just a three-day weekend to go picnicking. So I'm really privileged and thankful for this opportunity to speak with you guys. And I'm glad that everyone has been stopping in for a listen. And like I said, Memorial Day, as it's called, um, I want I want to walk through Memorial Day from start to finish and a few points along the way. And then for real, um, hopefully you all will leave your comments. I'll pin the post on the Facebook group. Please stop by and give a comment on this one, um, your experiences, because we got people all over the world who've had experiences all over the world and who have experienced this holiday from maybe a different perspective than than some of our friends and family who aren't connected to the military in the same way that we are. So Memorial Day, as it's called, didn't start out as Memorial Day. Um, ideas for uh, uh, recognition of the sacrifice and service of those who paid the ultimate price have cropped up in many different places, many different times over the years. Perhaps the most prevalent in our nation's history for a day um, celebrating the sacrifice that the service members made. It, it, it came about during the time of the American Civil War. Right after, well, during, right after the Civil War, places um, like Virginia and Mississippi, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, all these places all had their own version of honoring service members who gave their lives. Some were low-key, somber events. Um, Others were louder, uh, large celebration-type events, but they were all designed to recognize those who who died. And it it was common to one of the one of the things they all had in common is they would visit the graves and decorate them and and remember the service member by actually going to to the grave sites leaving flowers or or um, some of the traditional things that we still do today now several locations stick out um, i just want to talk about one specifically and this one happened uh, during well during the civil war in 1864 there was a place by the name of Hampton Park. And at that time, it was a, it had been a horse track, uh, like sort of jockey club where riders would gather and they'd, they'd hold some races and events. Well, during the Civil War, it became an outdoor prison for Union soldiers. And more than 250 soldiers died there and were hastily buried in mass graves. And, so at the end of the Civil War, um, some black ministers and some northern missionaries got together and they led an effort to give the soldiers who had fought for the freedom of slaves a proper burial. And once the burials were completed, they built a fence around the new cemetery and 
above the fence, they inscribed the words Martyrs of the Race Course. On May 1st, they went a little further and they organized a parade to honor the men who were buried there. And at this time, the, the crowd numbered in the thousands. Um, and, and it was a big deal. And they had a parade and a, and a big um, recognition for, for all the people who served in the Civil War and gave their lives for, for the freedoms that, that had been won. And at, heady, at, at the head of the procession were children from the newly formed uh, Freedmen's School leading the way, leading this procession, um, honoring those who had fallen um, as, as soldiers. So not only were, did places play a part in, in bringing about a, a recognition for the fallen soldiers, but there were people involved as well. And one of those people I want to I talk a little bit about, he, he was a staunch supporter of setting aside a day of, of remembrance. And his name is John A. Logan. And he was an officer who served with the 1st Illinois Volunteer Infantry during the Mexican-American War. And he rose to the rank of Major General during the Civil War, uh, fighting for the Union. So after the war, John returned home and helped found the Grand Army of the Republic, a volunteers group, or uh, I'm sorry, a veterans group uh, made up of former Union soldiers. And on March 3rd, 1868, as the group's president, John issued General Order 11 that called for a National Day of Remembrance for the Civil War dead. And this day of remembrance uh, was held on May 30th. And they recognized this day by decorating graves where the soldiers had been laid to rest. And the, and the day as known, uh, the day was known as National Decoration Day. Um, well, fast forward about a hundred years and water, in Waterloo, New York, Governor Nelson A. Rockefeller signed a proclamation on May 7th, 1966, recognizing the, recognizing the birth of Memorial Day. And on the 19th of that same month and year, Congress passed Resolution 587 with President Lyndon B. Johnson's endorsement solidifying New York as the birthplace of Memorial Day. And that's how it has it became known to us as Memorial Day. A lot of the reason why New York was chosen is because a lot of these other places, while they did celebrate or um, celebrates, maybe not the correct word, they did hold days of remembrance where the soldiers who, who had given their lives were recognized. They weren't always a continuous thing. Some, especially right after the Civil War, it, w it was done and then it may not have been repeated or it may have died out over a few years. But Waterloo, New York had con continuous uh, continuously revisited this annually, dating as far back as 1865 or 1866. And so that's why Waterloo, New York is recognized as the birthplace of Memorial Days because they had a long, continuous uh, day set aside to recognize fallen service members. And that brings us up to modern day today. And we have Memorial Day and that's how we we know it. Um, we do things like uh, gather with our family. We we do we cook out. We go to the lake. We we have um, um, parties, and it's become a nice, relaxing weekend where we just calmly do things um, with families and friends. 
And, and oftentimes we do get out and we do visit um, those who are in the cemeteries or those uh, service members who, who paid the price for us. And I want to go ahead and um, talk a little bit about something that I think of every time I come to Memorial Day. And that is because I had the opportunity to serve overseas. And this is the only way I, I really would know about it is because I was introduced to, to it over overseas. So while Memorial Day is a U.S. holiday, the U.S. version is celebrated in many other countries around the world at American military cemeteries. And a lot of you have had this opportunity, and that's what I'd like to hear about um, if you guys want to leave some comments. But one such um, American cemetery is in Luxembourg, it sits on six, 17 acres, and there's over 5,000 service members laid to rest. And the names of over 300 missing are inscribed on the walls there, honoring those who were never recovered. And then at the head of this cemetery, right up at the front, if you've ever had a chance to visit uh, this cemetery, uh, this is where General George S. Patton is buried. And he, it's it was really kind of kind of touching to me as a, as a token to his legacy and the legacy of, of what was accomplished during World War II. And his, his headstone, he's buried at the head of, of the rows of the fallen soldiers. And he's facing towards them, sort of like he's still standing at the command of, of these fallen soldiers. And it, it maybe was done on purpose. I don't have the backstory, but Visually, it was it was kind of symbolic to me um, that his position, he was still standing there leading um, in a place of, of, of leadership, so to speak. So in total, uh, Luxembourg is not the only one. In total, there are at least 29 American mil military cemeteries across the globe with over 140,000 service members buried and the names of over 90,000 uh, service members who are missing inscribed on the, on the walls of these monuments. There are cemeteries in uh, Panama, Mexico, Tunisia, Italy, France, Belgium, South Korea, the Philippines, and, and of course, where I got to experience firsthand, England, and in England, um, the one I'm familiar with is Cambridge American Cemetery. And I know there are some people who are familiar with the cemetery. And while I was there, um, I got a chance to be, become quite familiar with it over the course of my time there. So at Cambridge American Cemetery lies 3,811 uh, service members who fought and died during the Great World Wars. And among the headstones, as you walk through the, the rows you will find one that's inscribed with the name Joseph P. Kennedy Jr. Uh, he was the brother of John Fitzgerald Kennedy, the 35th president of the United States. And many, many other names, both known and unknown, uh, you'll find inscribed on the, on, the, on the headstones and the grave markers. And then you'll also find 5,127 names inscribed on the walls of the monument for those who were are missing. As a member of the 100th Air Refueling Wing, I was blessed with the opportunity to attend 
the Memorial Day services there uh, several years for for several years while I was while I was living there. And what we would do is we they would lay wreaths honoring the the service members who gave their lives in the defense of not only their country but for people of all nations. And these wreaths were donated by different civic groups, by different families. Um, anybody could donate a wreath and they could actually lay it themselves. Or we had the honor of laying a lot of these wreaths on behalf of these organizations or on behalf of these people as active duty service members. And I remember the first year we went, it had been a beautiful spring in England and we all um, drove out to the cemetery. I would say there was approximately a hundred of us service members there in full service dress. And we got there and the, and the skies, um, as they often do in England, they, they kind of clouded up, turned gray and sheets of rain fell. I mean, just complete, um, just, just drenching, um, pouring rain started to fall. And so we waited, uh, inside the monument building as long as we could, but then they said, well, we're going to get underway. And so we, a hundred service members in full service dress, marched out, stood at attention while they read the names and performed the ceremony to honor those soldiers who had paid the ultimate price. And not one of us um, regretted this opportunity. There was no complaints. There was just held uh, heads held high, proud to serve those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. And we, we laid the wreaths and we did um, our part, our small part, to give thanks and to honor them. But what, what was really striking to me is uh, a lot of a lot of people could say, well, you were you were voluntold or you, you had to do it. You're in the military and that's you were told to do it. So you had to do it. But what really got to me were all these citizens, all the private citizens, whether they had served before and they were veterans or whether they had they had never served in the military. There was just a ton of people there and they stood right there with us. The entire time with the pouring rain just falling. Um, there were people in, in wheelchairs. There were people who were older. There were people who were younger with kids. And they all stood there um, solemn and patient through the reading of the ceremony and with the rain just pouring buckets. And that to me was very special to, to experience that, that not only will people go out when it's sunny and things are nice, but they're willing to stand out when it's a little inconvenient, when it's cold, when it's um, not fun. They were still still willing to honor those service members. And so that was a really good experience for me. Um, we went back the next year and it was no rain. <laughs> Fortunately, it was, it was really nice. It was a beautiful ceremony again. And so I, I got the opportunity to do that twice. And it was really, really meaningful for me. Um, to to walk through that cemetery and to read the names of the people who had who had given them given their lives for for uh, the freedoms that we have today. I'm really thankful to have had the opportunity to share the stage with with so many great men and women who served their country, both who served served the people who supported them, um, and, and sadly, those who didn't support them. They did it without thought for themselves, and they served because to them, that was what was right. And they gave all of themselves 
in doing so. Uh, the, the National Cemetery at Arlington is, is the most famous, and it's the, it is, as far as military cemeteries go for us, it's the most famous, but it's, it's the resting place of over 400,000 military service members. I know everybody who, ha- who has had the chance to walk through Arlington and to, to be there physically and see it firsthand. I know you guys, there's no way to describe the awe and the, and the reverence you have for such an incredible place. And it has its, its share of war heroes, famous people. Um, we talked about John F. Kennedy, uh, the 35th president of the United States. He is buried there um, along with um, his brother and the countless other people who, who are recognized. But there's one grave there, and I know everybody knows what I'm talking about. There's one there that holds more meaning than all the others. And that is the tomb of the unknown soldier. And this tomb symbolizes the true, really to me, the true meaning of Memorial Day. I mean, this this is a life given anonymously for all those who are hungry and scared and oppressed. It's a life given for those who were enslaved. A life given in opposition to tyranny. And we all know that our freedoms are not perfect. That we that remain here, we have work to do to make things right. But for those who are gone, we honor them for giving us the chance to try to make things better. And the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier is at the top. That is the epitome. That is the 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 mark of true selfless sacrifice for others. And if you ever have the opportunity to go to Arlen, Ar- Arlington, um, I, I, you won't be disappointed. It is such a, uh, just an overwhelming feeling that you get walking through there. It's not one of really of sadness or, or, um, I don't know, it, it's, it's a quiet reflection of reverence, of um, appreciation for those who are able to love themselves or love, love others more than they love themselves. And it really is a testament to the love that we should have really for one another. So I just want to leave with this. Uh, again, it's just, it's just short. It's really quick. But one thing that I kept thinking about um, it doesn't hurt that I, I really enjoy history and I really enjoy the 18th and 19th century America. Uh, and, and there was a lot of conflict and there was a lot of sacrifice. There was a lot of stories of great men and women who rose above and, and tried to rise to the ideals that we should all hold. So I keep coming back to this. And it's, it's after the horrific civil war this country had that pitted brother against brother and father against son, that saw so many brave men cut down early in life, there came a time when both sides, the North and the South, united in a common meaning to honor those who gave their lives in service. Regardless of what side they were on, regardless of what those people stood for, they gave their lives for their beliefs and for those who they thought they were fighting for. And these differences uh, were forgotten. Hate was ignored and and hope was born out of the 
honoring of the the servicemen who served and died, not just in the Civil War, but in all wars, in in that service and that sacrifice that they gave. I mean, it was such a great divide in the country at that time, but it was it was conquered eventually through the memory of our brothers and sisters in arms. How fitting, really, it is to have such a sacred day in May. Um, I look out the window right now, and and the warm summer months are they're they're birthing forward. They're overcoming um, nature's cold and death in the winter months. And the light is just shining and the, and the darkness just wanes and disappears for the, for the beautiful blossoming summer. And that hope that is renewed, um, through the lives of those who sacrificed, we really are, we're, we're reminded of hope gifted to us by those we remember. So in closing, I just want to say, may, may, may you have a wonderful Memorial Day. I hope you're able to spend it. Um, having some fun with your family, your loved ones, um, reach out and call those uh, people you've met in the military with your time. Let them know you're thinking of them. And and really, let me just ask that we always remember and that we may always be grateful. Until next time, um, stay safe and thank you all for your service. That's it for this episode. Thank you all for joining us. And if you want to come on the show or know someone you would like to hear from, please shoot us an email at lds.militarymembers at gmail.com. So until next time, stay safe and thank you for your service.